Sunday night. That means it's time for the Dean Luggy Show. I appreciate everybody jumping on board. Um, and it's been a long time since we've talked, but it's Sunday night, and we're headed, we're barreling towards the fall. So um, we get a, about four to five, sometimes six thousand people who watch these each week. So if I don't get to your question, it's not because I'm trying to avoid you. It's just because, uh, well, frankly, a lot of people ask me questions all at the same time. So. Uh, if you've got a question, fire away. It's been, like I said, it's probably been since May that we've talked. <clears throat> and um, you can listen to these on iTunes, Dog Post, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything. So uh, if you're not a member of Dog Post, you should go check it out right now. We've got a great deal, dawgpost.com, and uh, see what we have to offer. It's $1 for a month. That's a pretty good deal, I would say. And that will get you all the way through the start of fall camp. So a buck for that is a, is a great thing. All right. Uh, since we've last talked, there's been a lot going on. <clears throat> Jake Fromm has gone to the hospital for a second time. This time a little bit more serious than the first time, certainly. Uh, and in breaking his left non-throwing hand. So that was not ideal for sure. But, uh, you know, at least it wasn't his right hand. I just got to be a little bit more careful out there in the real world. And I know that uh, boys will be boys, but uh, more broken body parts while not playing football would not be ideal. Uh, a fair amount of recruiting questions. Uh, on Demetrius Robertson, you know, if you know, you probably know more than I do because uh, having, having met him when he was in a sophomore in high school, uh, you know, I think there's been a lot of ups and downs there going to Cal, uh, which was a major upset that day, picking uh, them over uh, Georgia and I guess Georgia Tech, but certainly over Georgia when it looked like it was done that he would go to Georgia. And now um, doing an announcement on Instagram next Saturday. Um, I don't know what's going on there. It would make a lot of sense. Georgia has two scholarships available, so, you know, if. if if he wanted to go to Georgia, I'm sure they would be glad to take him. I was talking with someone who covers uh, Alabama pretty, has covered Alabama for such a long time, but uh, they wondered out loud if you know Alabama would be interested in sort of him coming on board after him being committed and then dropping them and then you know sort of all the back and forth. But he's an exceptional player. Um, there's a lot of positives. He didn't play a lot in 2017, so that's a negative. But, um, you know, you don't, it's hard to coach speed. If you're fast, you're fast. If you're, you know, if you're people like me, you know, you're not fast. So you can't teach that. Someone's asking, could he play this fall? My understanding is that uh, he cannot play this fall. But again, I think a lot of people are, are sort of um, guessing what's happening versus actually knowing what's going on. The, the normal situation would be that you are not allowed to transfer and play right away. And um, you know, he could possibly ask for a hardship and immediately be able to play. I'm not sure that would be up to the people in Indianapolis at the NCAA. I think people, if he goes to Georgia or West Virginia or wherever, Alabama, Texas, my I anticipate that he would not play until the 2019 season. I am not completely certain if he has a release from Cal yet. Um, 
I, I haven't done a bunch of reporting on that side of the ball, but I'm not certain. I don't know for a fact personally that he has gotten a release, and I'm not sure if that's been reported anywhere else. Now, why would that matter? And this is the sort of stuff that we talk about on Dog Post all the time, dawgpost.com. Uh, right now you can go sign up for $1 for a month. I would encourage you to join the horde of people that have signed up over the last three months. Why does it matter if he doesn't have a release? Well, it, the, not granting a release just makes things a little bit more complicated in the grand scheme of things. Uh, in theory, um, Cal could restrict him from going to any particular school, particularly those that you know Cal will play. So you know that's not Georgia over the next three years because he still has three years of eligibility. He would be burning one of those years of eligibility. When I say eligibility, what I mean to say is he has two year, three years to play two seasons. So if he's not completely healthy, he could sit out this year at play at Georgia, play at West Virginia, play at Texas, wherever. So it's not like um, so if he's not cleared, then that makes things more complicated. I I know I'm pretty certain Cal played Cal played North Carolina lately. But I'm not certain if they'll play Texas anytime soon. And you've got Alabama, Georgia, and West Virginia. So California could throw a monkey wrench into this thing. And, you know, there's just no certainty there. And then there's a lot of negativity about, um, you know, sort of his, you know, doing this twice now. Um, with the, with the uh, what's the word? Uh, announcement thing. I was at the College Football Hall of Fame when Demetrius did this the first time, and uh, I was surprised when he picked Cal because it was not supposed to be Cal. Let me tell you. And um, but it's his life. He's got to do what he wants to do. I don't think you know. Um, I think it's I think it's totally up to him and his family and or whoever he's kind of hanging out with to decide what they want to do. Um, but there's plenty of intrigue left. There's no certainty at all about anything. So, <laughs> uh, I know, I know this, I know that if he does not pick Georgia, that he will be given a lot of grief online because, um, you know, this will have been his fourth school in six years, I think, uh, Calvary day, the other school in Savannah, California and then wherever he goes so he's not been super stable in terms of where he's gone so that's uh, Demetrius you've got Las Vegas saying hey Georgia is considered um, a favorite to get to the playoff he goes Alabama Clemson and then Ohio State and Georgia are tied uh, and I think the consensus there is Alabama is the best team in the country that's the reason why they would have the top spot Clemson has the easiest path for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. And then Ohio State and, and Georgia are both, um, you know, considered two of the best teams in the country, and they have paths that make a lot of sense to uh, to get to the playoff. But no matter what, and, and and you know, there's a there's a subscriber on Dog Post who get <coughs> excuse me gets pretty early college football lines. And which is very valuable to pe people at Dog Post. I mean, it's really a great community, no question. But that's the sort of stuff that makes it a lot of fun. And you know, the the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the the lines that are out that you can actually bet right now in in Las Vegas and I guess other states in theory 
are, you know, South Carolina, Georgia's giving South Carolina 14 points on the road. They're giving the Gators 14 points in Jacksonville. Uh, they're giving Tech, I think it's 19 points in Athens. Uh, and then they're giving Auburn four points uh, at home, which means they are considered a slightly more than better um, team than Auburn by the people in Las Vegas. So you can bet those lines right now. There were some other ones too. I mean, Clemson's a huge favorite against South Carolina at home. They're 19 point favorite at home. But anyway, what it means is that Georgia uh, has the ability to, I, and, and this is my take, all right, having done this for about 20 years now. I think they have the ability to drop a game. It kind of might not matter who they lose to or win or whatever. They're going to have to win the conference championship game. I just don't see a scenario where they get to Atlanta and if they lose, it, and it, it, it's going to be hard to understand how they would get in if everybody else has a legitimate contender. Um, you know, if Clemson loses in the championship game in the ACC, I think Georgia would probably be okay if there's no one uh, with uh, in the top, you know, from the Big 12 or the Pac-12. None of, if those guys continue to not produce anybody of consequence or that have multiple losses, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think that's another scenario where Georgia could get in. But the national media is going to be beating the drum for Georgia and Alabama to get into the playoff no matter who wins the championship game. Obviously, Alabama didn't have to win the championship game last year, and they still got in. Uh, Georgia will not be able to do that. They will have to win the East, which they should do relatively, you know, if you want to say easily. But they will have to do that, and then they'll get to Atlanta, and it will deter. If they win, they're in. If they lose, and it, you know, is kind of a funky loss, or it's tight, or they're playing a team that's undefeated and they're undefeated, then you start, you know, that's a different scenario. But the last time, if I'm if, if I'm not mistaken, the last time two undefeateds got to Atlanta was 2009. I'm trying to remember if the Gators were undefeated. I think they were. I think it was number one versus number two with Alabama and Florida. And uh, there was no playoff, but the Gators would have gotten in, I, I think. So, uh, you know, for Georgia, the biggest thing is win your games that you need to win. South Carolina, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee. But really, the Eastern games matter the most. Whatever can get you to Atlanta. And then you're in the quarterfinals. Here's a question. Um, about uh, Georgia playing Clemson in the in the coming future, and the important part to remember here with with Clemson and Georgia is, I'm sure they'll play in the future. And someone says there's been a three. Someone says that there's been reporting on this. I'm not sure who's actually reported it. That's a reporter. Maybe someone wants to, you know, let me know. I'll try to read it. And 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 I've not seen an actual report. I've seen people talking about it on Twitter, which is not the same thing. That doesn't mean it won't come true. I'm not calling anybody out. Let's not start all that. What I'm saying is, just because people are talking about it on Twitter certainly doesn't make it true. And uh, I have not seen a report from a legit legitimate outlet, so I don't know. Maybe I've missed it in these last couple of weeks. But with that said, if Georgia's playing a three-game series against Clemson, there's only a particular time where um, where they could pull that off. And the, the issue there, if you read what we were hearing a few weeks ago, is that uh, Clemson and Georgia are both playing Notre Dame quite a bit over these next sort of seven years. Georgia plays them in 2019. 
And in 2020, Georgia's playing Virginia. So that means that the two schools will not be playing before 2020. I mean, you're not going to move the, the Virginia game uh, because of um, trying to schedule Clemson. And you're not going to, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get rid of a home game with Notre Dame. So when you start looking at the scenarios for Georgia, uh, they, they, can, they can take a big-name opponent in the future for sure. But the problem is that in 2021, Georgia has, and I've re reported on this, Georgia has a couple of $1.5 million contracts um, in 2021. I just don't think they're going to move those contracts. Now, no one at Georgia has said that to me, but, you know, it just seems odd. So 2021 seems unlikely. 2022, on the other hand, 2023 and 2024, those would work. So you're talking about Georgia and Clemson playing, and that would be in about um, five years. So that's not exactly right around the corner. Uh, 2022, Georgia does not have an opening school that anyone is aware of. In 2023, they play Indiana State, but we don't know the date on that. And in 2024 would be the year that Georgia would go back to the dome in theory. So I could see a scenario where in 2020, let me see, let me make sure I got this right. Uh, in the odd year, 2023, Georgia would probably host Clemson. And the even year, Georgia would probably have to go to Clemson. Now, Clemson, on the other hand, has uh, Notre Dame scattered through their schedule. And there's, it's just, it's kind of hit or miss with them. In 2022, um, Clemson has four non-conference games booked up already. So they would have to move a game, and they could move Furman if they really wanted to. They could move Furman, and they could move Wofford. But, but Clemson is booked up. So there are going to have to be some things moved. Now, I again, I find it hard to believe in the conversations that I've had I find it hard to believe that Georgia is going to move off of 2019, 2021, and excuse me, 2019, 2020, and 2021. I find it hard to believe that they're going to move off of. I find it impossible to believe that they're going to play in 2019. I find it very improbable that they would play in 2020. So you're talking about 2021 when Georgia already has about three million dollars worth of contracts for um, San Jose State and UAB and. Uh, Clemson does not have an opener, so that would mean someone would have to move around on that one. 2022, you know, Georgia is available, but Clemson is booked up, so they would have to move Furman. And in 2023, you know, Georgia's got some availability, but again, uh, Clemson's got Notre Dame, and they would have to move Wofford. And in that scenario, Clemson would be playing the entire ACC slate, Georgia, South Carolina, and Notre Dame, I just, I find that hard to believe. So you could see a scenario where Georgia and Clemson could open up in 2024. I, I just, right now, unless something really changes, and again, if someone wants to point out where the actual report is, not some clown on Twitter, then let me know. But it's a little bit hard for me to believe this second that they have struck some, they're, they're going to have to move games and you can move games, but it's not like the past in the past. You'd move games. It'd be $250,000 or something like that. Now the, the UAB 
and um, other game that Georgia is hosting, those are $1.5 million contracts that Georgia will have to pay or move. And, and the other thing to keep in mind about future Georgia scheduling is they can't just, I mean, they play UCLA in 2025 and 2026. So it might just be that Clemson, who you, you can play them in a one-off in 2024, but you can play anybody in a one-off in Atlanta. So and Clemson is going to have to make the moves in this scenario because Clemson's booked up. And they've got Notre Dame. If I were them, I would not want to play Notre Dame, Georgia, and South Carolina all in the same season along with eight conference games. But maybe that's where this is all going. Maybe it's going to everyone's playing you know, 11 legitimate games and the 12th one is a throwaway. I just know ADs and coaches too well. They're not going to do that. They want the revenue and they want the wins. If you're not a member of Dog Post, you certainly should be. It's $1 right now for a month. Go sign up. That'll get you all the way almost to uh, the middle part of fall camp at Georgia. Next weekend, we'll be here on Dog Post. Uh, and Georgia will go to, next Tuesday, the 17th. Uh, Georgia will be um, going for media days. Uh, tomorrow, Tom Crean is meeting with a few reporters. Uh, the Monday, the 9th, uh, and then again, Georgia will go at Media Days on the 17th. We don't know yet who will be at Media Days for Georgia, but um, I anticipate it will probably be older players, which it usually is. If I had to guess, uh, I would say probably, um, probably Lamont, Galliard, maybe, I don't know. I'm not even going to attempt to guess, but... Yeah, there's a lot. Who who would y'all like to see uh, Georgia play? J.R. Reed, yes. I would say it probably will be J.R. Reed. Who would y'all like to see Georgia play in the future? That's another question. Can you see Elijah Holyfield having a breakout year this season? Um, I don't think he'll have a breakout year, but I think he'll be very productive. I mean, everybody wants... Um, a breakout season from guys, but the thing about it is that um, with Zamir on the roster and DeAndre Swift, if Zamir doesn't really kind of really get rolling, then maybe you could see, um, you know, maybe you could see Elijah getting a lot of touches. Elijah seems to be a very good second half back, and um, you know. He is, maybe he's a very good second half back because he's been running, you know, the other guys have been running through guys the whole season, or through the whole game. But, you know, I think at the end of the Rose Bowl, he was in that game late. Um, I, You know, I got nothing bad to say about Elijah Holyfield. I think he's, you know, he's smart. and uh, But, you know, he's not like anybody, he's not any different than anybody else at Georgia. He's going to have to fight his way to playing time. And the reality is that DeAndre Swift looks like he's going to be a starter at least for some time. And you've got a, a magnificent um, player in Zamir White. Not to mention uh, the other running backs at Georgia. I mean, there's just not a lot of bad running backs. Do you think Georgia will finish top three in recruiting? Um... Well, it will depend on the close, 
but uh, they've got the, the one thing that, that didn't necessarily look like they were going to get, they got, which was a quarterback and not really just a some guy. They got a legit top 300 player in the country. So uh, that helps a lot. Um, top three, I don't know, but they're not going to be, uh, you know, they look like they were in striking distance last year of a top you know, a top class, and they just buried it at the end. And I don't think anybody saw it coming that they would run the table with everybody, but they did. And, um, you know, it was their first number one class ever. It really has been Georgia, Ohio State, and uh, Alabama who have separated themselves from the rest of college football in the recruiting scheme of things. Um, how long they can continue that, I don't know. But the, those three head coaches are very good recruiters. Any word on wearing black jerseys for a game we never did last year? Uh, and someone else is asking if I'm going to the Georgia LSU game. I go to every game and cover it. Um, I don't think that they're going to stop wearing black. But you could have seen that. I mean, Kirby may have just said, look, we're going to wear these black jerseys the first year. I'm going to get that out of the way. I'm not going to hear talk about the black jerseys and this, you know, alleged curse, you know, he's going to use it for recruiting, but they just never ran into a time last year, I guess, that they were going to wear it. I mean, I'm trying to remember, uh, who'd they play the week before? They played Kentucky the week before, um, Georgia Tech last year, I think it was. They, they could have worn them at a, at a lot of different times, um, but they may only wear them every other year and they might not wear them anytime soon. But they've got them. Um, obviously, they wore them for G-Day. And uh, I, I think if you got them, wear them. I would, I wouldn't not wear them. Everybody knows that it's Georgia unless you goof with the helmets. Well, someone's saying that Jake Fromm is sporting a very high-tech, expensive cast. I have no doubt that he is getting the complete medical treatment that uh, that you would need in this case. Um, but he just, you know, look, if he gets hurt again off the field, people are going to go straight up crazy. And I'm not saying that's right or not, but he has an active lifestyle off the field. He, he hunts, he, uh, you know, and that means that you're carrying things to kill creatures. You just got to be careful, that's all. Who would I like to see Georgia, Georgia schedule home and home with? Well, certainly they've gotten it done with UCLA. That's interesting. I don't really get, you know, I don't really know that there's a lot of places that would be um, so great. You know, when you talk talk about Colorado, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, um, those were not the most intriguing places to go visit. Um, but to play USC in the Coliseum would be interesting to play, uh, Penn state, maybe in happy Valley, um, maybe Michigan, Ohio state doesn't do a lot for me. I've been to the horseshoe. It's fine. It's like all the other stadiums, in the SEC, what people down here sort of maybe don't appreciate so much is that, um, is how much, uh, how good it is in the conference. 
I mean, to go play at LSU, to play at Neyland, to play in Tuscaloosa. I mean, these are places that are to play in Sanford. I mean, these are all places that are cathedrals of the game. And when you look around the country, there's just not a lot of places that are that are like the SEC. I mean, you basically have Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten. Uh, you've got in the in the Pac-12. You've got maybe um, USC, UCLA. Um, there's just you know there's just not a lot of places around the country that really give a shit the way that that everybody down here does. And so it's. It's, it doesn't really turn me on, so to speak, to do it. And the other thing is, too, that you have to really take, in, take into consideration is when are you going to play these games? I mean, Georgia can't play everybody. I mean, you can't play um, you can't play Clemson and then also play SC or UCLA or whoever all in the same season. There's only so many. There's only so many games to go around. There's only so many who are legitimate. I would not go too far away from what you've got. I mean, Clemson's not that far down the road. You play Georgia Tech every single year. Georgia hasn't played Florida State in the, I mean, who knows how long. So some of these sort of natural rivalries, if you want to call them that, I don't think they're really rivalries. Uh, Georgia has three rivals. But if you want to play uh, Florida State, Clemson, Miami is down there. They're not so far away. You know, once you get to Oklahoma and Texas, Pass that in the Big 12. I mean, did, did anyone really care when Georgia played TCU in the Liberty Bowl? I don't think they, I mean, most people did not. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of bigger games with, with opponents that Georgia's not used to playing because they're going to be playing in bowl games like the Orange Bowl. Obviously, they could play Oklahoma again next year in the Sugar Bowl or Texas. But, um, you know, Georgia, for such a long time, played so many out-of-conference foes consistently. And that was South Carolina, Clemson, and Georgia Tech. They played those three every year for a long time. And uh, it, you know, South Carolina is in the league now. Georgia obviously plays Tech every single season. You know, Clemson is playing in a different league that has that's playing eight games a season as well. So there's just so, there's only so many games to go around. And, uh, you know, if you're Greg McGarity or whoever the athletic director is, do you really want to take your, ask your fan base to go completely across the country, you know, or do this or do that? Virginia Tech does nothing for me. Um, Penn State is fine, doesn't really do a lot. Ohio State's the same way. Michigan would maybe be interesting in September or August. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Georgia just played Oklahoma. So I think the traditional SEC schools, it's just it's just different, and the schools take it very seriously. Um, you know, nobody is going to get jazzed up to watch Georgia play. Um, no matter how many of y'all keep saying Oregon, uh, nobody's going to fly out there. I mean, that's going to be maybe five or six thousand Georgia fans. That's it, and it's a long way. It's a long way. Playing at Washington would be interesting, only to play in that stadium because it's uh, so interesting, but. If I were Georgia, I would take the Florida model. I would never leave where you're at because you've got Atlanta right there. I would not play in Charlotte. I would play everything in Athens. I'd play everything in Atlanta because you know you're all if you if to get to where you got to go, you have to play in Atlanta. The longer that you, you know, the more inter, the more 
familiar you are with the dome, the better. Um, the, the dome hosts the national championship. It's going to host the Peach Bowl. It's going to host a lot of big games. So you want to get used to. It. I mean, Bank of America Stadium is not hosting anything. You could maybe play in Orlando, maybe um, or Tampa, but like as a one-off. I mean, you, you're going to go play Miami in Orlando. Why? Why would you do that? You just play them home and away. So there's a lot of different things that you could do, but it has to sort of make sense. Do you think anything will come from come out of Fromm's hand, good or bad? You are you talking about? I'm assuming you mean uh, the details of it. I think there's no way any details will come out. I think that uh, that's all there is to it. He is going to be protected as much as possible, which is George's prerogative. And you know, it's it's his it's his life. He needs to be able to do whatever he wants to do. But when you're out there, you just can't break your hand. <laughs> I mean, people are going to freak out. He, he could have broken his right hand, if you think about it. I mean, if it was a freak accident, why couldn't he have broken his, his right hand? So, But then once you know, once you say anything negative about Jake Fromm, people just kind of freak out, unnecessarily, by the way. Uh, he's not above criticism. And, you know, it, it, if you're going to have an active lifestyle uh, with hunting, etc., or, you know, I, I'm not a big uh, water sports guy myself, but... Um, if you're going to go into the ocean, you got to know that you can get hit with waves and they can make your eyes red or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, you, there's, there, if you're going to be active, these things are going to happen. Thankfully for him, it wasn't anything, you know, super serious. But, you know, this is twice in the off season. You know, that's a lot. Uh, can he work out with a fractured hand? He can throw because it's not his throwing hand. Um, but lifting weights, etc., I just find it hard to believe that he would be able to lift weights with a fractured hand. You could maybe modify some stuff, but it's not the same, you know. I mean, it's just not the same. But it's not—it's not such a big deal that, like, you know, there's anything to really waste a lot of time about on it. I mean, he's going to be the starting quarterback, I think, and um, that's all there is to it. Sometimes I can't read things because when y'all post them, the whole thing doesn't come through. Record prediction. I just don't... Um, I'm just not sure who they'll lose to. You know? I don't think they'll go undefeated, but I, I don't know who they'll lose to. I think the most likely is Auburn, maybe at LSU. Uh, yeah, so someone's saying, well, Kirby took kids on the lake today. That's right, but I, I guess what I don't understand is, or what I'm trying to say is, just because something happened once doesn't mean it will happen again. Just because, um, you know, I drove a car and got into an accident doesn't mean the next time I'll drive, I'll get into an accident, but it sure as hell meant I got into the accident last time, so I'm going to maybe check my speed a little bit. In this case, he may have been doing nothing wrong. I have no idea, but that I have to talk about it shows how antsy people are, and that he literally broke his hand. That's not a positive, right? It may have been a freak thing. It's not a good thing, so uh, you know, you don't want to get injured. You don't want to get injured off the football field. End of story. He's still allowed to go to Dairy Queen, etc., and yeah, Ben Cleveland got hit by a deer. I have done that twice and wrecked a car both times. There's just nothing you can do about that, but that's not the same thing as this. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he Jake needs to be able to do whatever it is that he's doing. You know, uh, he he. What I'm saying, trying to say is, he needs to be able to live his life. He just needs to understand that, and I'm sure he does. That occasionally, when you break your hand, uh, people are going to get freaked out, and uh, gotta be careful out there. Do you think that Georgia will have to win the SEC to get into the playoff? Uh, I think we've I talked about that a little bit earlier. I think they're going to have to win the conference unless something kind of works out differently. But that that that's a long way away. Any thoughts on defensive line recruiting? That's the sort of stuff we talk about on Dog Post, dawgpost.com. Uh, you know they're not they're not doing as well as you'd like to see them do, but um, it's early, and um, you know let's just see. But the trend is not ideal. Talking about Zamir White with kickboxing, you know I, I, I didn't think he looked as good as a lot of people did. It looked like he had never kickboxed before, which I've never done either. I'm not interested in getting kicked. So um, I didn't think he looked so swift doing that, if you will. But uh, I'm not, I've not heard anything other than you know nothing or positive about Zamir and his development. And um, so my guess is he will play this fall. My guess is it will be in September. But we will just have to see how how good he is when he does get on when he does get onto the field. He's a special player. I've just not seen a lot of guys like him out there. I mean, he can really play. All right, this has been the roundtable. Excuse me, this has been the Dean Leggy Show on Dog Post. Go to dogpost.com, d-a-w-g-p-o-s-t.com for more. And I'm going to try end all of these all at the same time. <laughs>